Welcome to the Unapologetic Experience. <laughs> I'm your host, Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek. I know it's been a long time, but Corona. And I'm back. I'm going to be doing episodes. I'm making all these false promises that maybe will be true this time. Anyway, I'm joined by a very special guest. People have been asking about these guests and when uh, they will make their triumphant return to my little show they could. And here they are. Welcome, Brittany, the unapologetic wife. Say something, Brittany. Something, Brittany. Oh, my God. All right. So it's just like last time. <laughs> we start kind of low, but we end up going kind of high. First of all, I would like to say uh, I'm sorry to hear about the tragic news of uh, Carl Anthony's town's mother, as well as Tavares Jackson. Uh, Carl Anthony's town's mother um, passed away due to complications due to the coronavirus. And Tavares Jackson, who used to play for the Minnesota Vikings, as well as the uh, Seattle Seahawks, he died uh, in a car accident. So condolences to him, his family, his friends, as well as Carl Anthony Towns, uh, family, friends, and fans. Uh, prayers up to you. And we just, I mean, I just hope everything gets better, especially when it comes to Corona. Um, people just stay at home. Wash your hands, stay at home. Uh, be very careful. Sanitize. Desensitize. Is that it? Or is it desanitize? I don't know. De uh, clean up your house. Clean up your workstations and everything. Um, and I mean, we'll get through this together. So now on to funner things. Um, there's quite a bit we're going to get into on this episode. But the first thing is on Easter Sunday. A very special show that's near and dear to my family's heart, particularly Britney's. Uh, return made its triumphant return, even though some people are kind of, I don't know, not feeling it. But Insecure came back. Issa Rae is uh, in her fourth season with her show. Um, and, I mean, we're back. Things, a lot of things happened on last night's episode that we can get into. Uh, first of all, I thought the episode was straight. It was a good setup for things to come. And with that, I'll take a, a bit of a sidestep and just tell me, Brittany, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a great return. Um, what, what, what negative feedback have you heard? I'm so confused. Some people say the writing just isn't where it was or where it has been. And they feel like it's more about the drama than just the kind of laid back writing that is that was found in uh, seasons one and two. Season three was a little bit more dramatic. To me, it's, it's more of the same to me. So there wasn't any drama in season one? I mean, it was plenty of drama. You had Lawrence Hive. That's where Lawrence I mean, Hive came from, but I don't know. Exactly. The show is full of drama. There there are just some comedic uh, relief throughout the show, but mm -hmm. it's full of drama. What I think the issue is, is that people are really tired. It's 30 minutes for a bit. And it's getting to the point where people kind of have to nitpick at it. But I was surprised at how many people just say it's just not the same show, which to me it's been it's been pretty consistent. Like if you were frustrated 
with uh, Issa now, they didn't start in season three. You probably frustrated with her in season one. They've all been the same character, even though they've had their own growth. They've all been the same character kind of through and through. So I don't get the the um, negative feedback or the blowback from it that people are getting, giving it, but I don't know. It was, it was still the same. So with that said, it looks like we're headed for the separation of Molly and Issa, which more or less defines, or I'm not going to say defines it, but it's a significant part of Insecure. Um, what do you think about, I mean, the episode starts with her just saying she doesn't really F with Molly like that anymore. So what do you think about that? Um, I think it's, I think, it, I think the writings have been on the wall for Molly and Issa mm -hmm. kind of, you know, their friendship slowing down. I think from season one until now, Issa has grown, you know, she, she was where she was in season one towards the end. Um, she kind of was getting on her, on her shit. She was kind of getting, you know, into a good place, but then it just went left. Season two, it was kind of the same. Up until now in season four, Issa is is growing up. She's she's getting her 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 own thing going and she's kind of stepping away from Molly. She doesn't need Molly um so much anymore, but I feel like Molly needs her. Because she needs, you know, some people you have some people who need their friend who's not doing so good, or they need that as a crutch to make themselves feel better. I don't think Molly's a bad character. Listen, I I see Issa and Molly as my friends. Oh my god! In real life, and and Molly's not a bad person. Keep in mind, Beyonce is my wife's cousin too. So like, she really, she's really into these characters. And if I can put them on the same level as Beyonce at this point, that means Insecure is doing something right. So with that said, don't come for us, Beyonce. <laughs> with that said, on the um. On the episode and, and just kind of getting back to what you alluded to as far as somebody needing or Molly appearing to need that friend that makes them makes her feel better about herself. That came up immediately um, to me as Molly and whatever the guy who she is sort of dating. The Asian guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When they were on their way to the little pre-party for Issa's block party, which is a continuation of a storyline that started in season three. She said that something along the lines of... It's kind of homegirl. Yeah, it's yeah. it's just, it's going to be some bullshit, but thank you for coming. You know, mm -hmm. I got I to gotta support her. And it ended up being a success, but Molly found that one thing that could be perceived as something negative and latched onto it. And that thing is... Um, What's a Condola. Condola. Condola, who has been helping Issa put together this block party, is dating Lawrence. And everybody knows Lawrence is Issa's ex. And Molly kind of just latched on to that and said, oh, Issa, you just love to have drama. Like, it doesn't have to be this messy. Exactly. And was saying that. But meanwhile, Issa, even though she had some reservations early on, by the time that moment happened, she had moved past it and Condola had moved past it as well. So getting back to what you were saying, it is something that's been trending, even from season one, for them falling out. And, I mean, it's a reflection of life. 
people have friends that they just simply grow apart from. Exactly. And it doesn't necessarily have to be messy, even though I think this is going to end up being a big blowout. But sometimes you just grow apart from people. And Issa as a character has been growing apart from Molly as a character uh, for quite some time. I think it's going to get ugly, and it's probably going to end the season on some kind of cliffhanger. But I wouldn't be surprised if they find a more amicable route. That's where I think they're going to go with it. I think they're going to fall out, but I think they're going to, they're going to meet in the middle with it. I I think, I think that Molly has a lot of soul searching and growing that she needs to do, but it, it, season three ended this way. Remember she, Mm -hmm. she, uh, you know, didn't let old boy see Issa and, you know, she, Issa got her together on that. So I think this is, I think this season is going to be kind of, you know, focused on Molly growing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And one could only hope. And speaking of Molly, like, she, <laughs> she, the one thing that I've noticed is her perception of, of dating isn't necessarily what the perception of the person she's dating. They don't necessarily have that same outlook. Like, she's thinking she and this guy are exclusive without that being defined and then he comes back and he's like, Oh no, I'm still dating other people and then she started tripping, even though later on she just reached out to him and told him straight up, which is very unlike Molly really. But I wonder if the symmetry between she and Issa ultimately falling out is gonna happen with her and this other guy that she's dating like it's gonna be that they blow up and then it turns around and leads to her and Issa blowing up or how they're gonna just play this out um but I mean we'll see it's coming on every what Sunday 10 Eastern 9 Central so I'm glad to have them back but I'm waiting for my boy uh Lawrence's best friend to show up like, he's my favorite character on the show. The one that's always making inappropriate jokes. So, I thought he was in the episode. What was he doing? They were in the car, weren't they? That wasn't this episode? Uh-uh, no, that wasn't this episode. By the way, my wife has been bitching insecure leading up to, oh, <laughs> to the new everything season. Everything is just going right <laughs> and, into And now each all other. the episodes are blending together. But one thing, one negative thing I can say is I really wish they would come off of that 35-minute screen time yeah that's like trash I, like any and a lot of shows that i've seen that have an hour long runtime don't necessarily deserve an hour and a show that does doesn't have it but i mean that's life anyways moving on from that from one show uh coming back to another show wrapping up its 16th season you all may not know this I believe I've alluded to it before, but anyway, I'm a big Grey's Anatomy fan. And I am a big fan because my wife was a fan before me and she finally convinced me to check the show out. Yes, I'm one of those people who binge watched the show in its entirety at the time. From season one to, let's see, I started watching about two years ago to about season 14. And I watched season 15 as it was happening. So, I love it. Best character of all time to me, or one of the top 10 characters in television history to me is Derek Derek Shepard. God damn it, the wrong Shepard died. I say that any, (laughs) any time, any place. The wrong Shepard died. But I digress. (laughs) 
Grey's Anatomy wrapped up its 16th season, and boy, was it messy. A lot of yeah. stuff happened in a, a short amount of time. Uh, we went from Meredith um, having issues and complications with, <laughs> well, that's an understatement, but the United States government uh, in terms of being able to practice because she falsified a, a record. Uh, well, she falsified uh, insurance information. She used her daughter's name to help out somebody who couldn't pay for an operation. Uh, and we ended up um, on one end, Dr. DeLuca, possibly being bipolar. I think it's all but confirmed at this point. Uh, Richard Weber, damn near dying. And the complete dismantling of Teddy's character. Like I and I guess I'll I'll kick it over to you with this. What what happened to Teddy? I don't know. I don't I don't know what happened to Teddy. I'm, I'm not sure what what has happened to her. I don't know if they're getting ready to write her off the show or what because Teddy was always that girl. Like she was always. I always wanted Owen to end up with her. I Everybody had did. such high hopes for her. <laughs> For her to just turn out to be, oh. And the and the strange thing about that is they tore down one character, but another character she was involved with, Tom Karasik, they built him up. Like, he's a much better character this season than he has in his guest appearances in the past. And it's, it's, it's very strange. Like, he went from being this jerk to being this awesome guy. And she went from being this awesome girl to just being the worst. And one episode that stood out to me, and I was skeptical about this episode coming in, where they were having the convention uh, for all the surgeons or whatever in the area, and they were in L.A. or, or something like that. And at this convention, everybody's giving their their uh, flashbacks or, or thinking back on different things. And besides the great plot twist that Richard Weber was imagining his um, soon-to-be ex-wife at the at the convention with him. The whole Teddy 9-11 plotline just came out of left field for me. So, uh, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but there's, it's revealed that Teddy was living with her best friend and when the best friend's spouse or the girl she was dating would leave, Teddy and the best friend were having an affair. So the fact that Teddy is, is conducting a, a an affair with Karasik now shouldn't be a surprise because apparently she ain't been shit anyway. Yeah, no, because this after, spoiler alert, she just slept with Tom Karasik the day of her would-be wedding. Oh, my God. Okay. That was trash move of the year. Like, she has taken significant penalty points. Like, she's way down on the card for me as far as, as good characters. And the only thing is, I mean, the main thing that I can pull from it is, why can't Owen be happy on Grey's When will Anatomy? Owen get a break? Just why? I mean, he went through this with Christina. He went through it again with Amelia. He almost got married for a third time. Like... At what point can we just let Owen be heavy? Owen finally got, he got two kids. He just wanted one, really. He ended up with two kids. 
almost ended up with a third. Amelia had to get some fraternity tests and all of that. By the way, Amelia and Link, I know I said the wrong shepherd died, and I still feel that way. But if one <laughs> shepherd was going to stay alive and be in a relationship that I can root for, I would rather it be Amelia and Link than Amelia and anybody else. Link is an awesome character. I can't wait to see how they're going to come back and have that storyline about them being parents together. That's fantastic. But just, it's Owen just, he just can't catch a break. Mm -mm. And what I'm hoping this leads up to, because this character was brought up several times during the season. I hope we're going to get a Christina Yang return. Not full time. I think Sandra O. Sandra O is doing fantastic with Killing Eve, uh, which just started its third season. But I think we get some kind of closure for Owen through Christina. Because if you think back on it, Christina is kind of the start of it all as far as his relationship troubles. So I think it would be good symmetry to have her come back and kind of kind of help him find a resolution in his love life. You got to be careful what you're asking for, though, because um, Kepner found peace and then she left the show. Torres left the show. I mean, yeah, and, and I like Owen, but if it's there's no drama, things. it's like Shonda can't keep him on the show. Oh my God. Speaking of leaving the show. That goddamn career. Oh yeah. (laughs) What was that? What was that? Like when the episode came on and and everybody gets their letter from Alexander Correa. I knew. Alexander. I knew he was leaving the show. Oh yeah, well we knew because yeah. they dared him. Yeah, remember he just yeah. he just started getting you know just kind of less and less and, career. And that's the thing. It, whenever somebody's getting ready to die, you know it because you start seeing less of that particular. They doctor. get a good story. A they get a great story. story. They build them up, and then you start seeing less and less and less of them. And, and then, then they then get that off the show. So Karev sends these letters again. Spoiler alert! Come to find out. And you called this like the commercial before the big reveal as to why he's leaving. You said you think he got back with, with Lizzie or is it Izzy? Izzy. Yeah, you think he got back with Izzy. I just dismissed that. I'm like, man, they hate Catherine Heigl. They don't want anything to do with their character. And lo and behold, I be damned that boy didn't go back and get with Izzy. Because you have to, I mean, it doesn't make sense unless that's what he did. And the whole him having kids with her. That's the only thing that makes sense because why else would he have left um what's her name? Joe. Joe. Mm-hmm. Why else would he leave Joe? Like everything was going good. Everything was going good, but if here's why I don't believe they knew he was going to leave. Joe had just had a similar storyline and it would be lazy. And I guess they just did what they could with what they had but to me it was lazy for them to kind of one came back and it kind of works out too one comes back from her crisis and the other one just can't well it didn't make sense though it didn't make sense because of how he was there for her how he was asking her to try the whole proposal thing that he did it's kind of like you you could have had a life 
with your kids mm-hmm. without leaving. He could have had a life with, with his kids without leaving Joe. Yeah. He didn't have to leave her. And and the reason why he ends up leaving, of course, is because he wanted off the show. He just wanted off the show, which, I mean, these guys get tired. You, you're playing the same character for 16 years. And, yeah, you may get to the point where you don't want to act anymore or you you just just done. You just want to go and pursue other projects. But the, I don't know. I just really struggle. And I know the part about the kids and him wanting to be a parent. I get that. But it was just a struggle for me, him getting back with Easy. Like, that, that burned me up. And he's one of those characters that if Meredith was going to reach out to anybody as the show kept going on, it would be him. But they even wrote in a way for him to just say, Meredith, don't call me anymore. In so many words. So it's, I mean, if we see how the show is going to be without them, because they spent like 10 episodes without them this season. But it was just, it was, I do not like Izzy. I, I think that's the I think that's the issue. I think that's the root of everybody's issue. With and she it, got a happy is, ending. That is Izzy. Yeah. And nobody cared for Izzy like yeah. ever. There wasn't <laughs> there. The only time that I think that I liked Izzy was when she was in Jeffrey Dean Morgan's presence. Uh, yeah. And, and they played the off only very time well together. That I, even and, then, I was having fun. And when he died, like. Oh, yeah. That was the only time I liked her. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. It just, it doesn't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. And then, of course, um, like I brought up earlier, Richard Weber had his big brush with death. But and what about how his, it what, ends? His third one? Oh, okay. We're going to get to with that. With Catherine. So, he, I thought they were going to give him Parkinson's disease. And we went from that to um, when he had the dementia I, I, I was off of it, but you still said Parkinson's. I was like, well, maybe he has like dementia or something like that. Because dementia is a but, part of yeah, Parkinson's. Yeah, you said it was part of it. Yeah. And then we go from that to um, to DeLuca with his, I mean, DeLuca went, I've seen a lot of shows recently that deal with bipolar disorder. One of them is Dave, a show I highly recommend uh, and I might talk about a little bit later in the show. Uh, the other show that did a brilliant job with it was Ozark season three. Uh, there was a character on there that had a bipolar disorder, and Grey's Anatomy is falling into that too. They did a great job with DeLuca's uh, bipolar disorder and how it fits into the story, and the way it fits into the story is how much of an impact that condition is having on his judgment as a doctor. And there are three examples. Uh, one, there's uh, one lady, She had one patient had a disease. They couldn't figure out what it was. And he snapped. But it ultimately saved her life. The second time was a possible human trafficker. And that one had an excellent plot twist where at the end, even though he was impaired by this condition, he was correct on it. And then finally it happens again with Richard Weber. And uh, it ends with him ultimately breaking down and admitting that he needs help. They did a great job with that. Every actor involved did a great job. But mind you, he has not been wrong. N- not one time he has, has he been, been wrong. wrong. It has been the way he has handled it, right? Or or conveyed the information, but he has not been wrong, right? Because the easy thing would be 
for him to be wrong and you could just get Dismiss rid of him. Dismiss him, fired. yeah. But, but he has not been wrong. He's been right. He's just been going about it the wrong way. Well, in the situation with Weber, this the surge from having a bipolar uh, disorder helped him to figure out what it was that was wrong with Weber, which was he had a cobalt... A cobalt hip. Yeah, a cobalt hip. And it, it basically molded and... It was gross to look at. Um, but they ultimately replaced the hilt. Uh, Link comes in like Superman. He and Bailey switch places, which is something that I love. Bailey helped uh, to deliver Amelia's baby. And then um, Link went and saved Richard. But it ends with Catherine Fox ready to come back home and be with her husband. And he rejects her in the most savage way and was like, nah, you still tried to, you bought one of my hospitals when I tried to move on. You were pissed off at me and you humiliated me. He asked her straight up, what are you doing here? Right. Like it was, it was real nasty in front of her son, Jackson Avery. She thought it was all good. Yeah. So you know what I think they're going to end up doing? I think she's going to end up fighting for it. And winning him back. Well, she should because she was wrong. Yeah, she was dead ass wrong. But I think that's what it is. And that's going to give that character a lot more humanity because you, she was challenged when she was sick. But you haven't seen that character emotionally challenged. She's on her hours. Yeah. So I can't wait to see how that's going to go. Um, I thought Weber was about to retire, honestly. I thought this man was about to get off this show. Yeah, me too. But but, but no. what they did, what they did work, what they did was really good. Um, going forward, I think, uh, I don't know, does it seem like, and I know the show doesn't exist without her, but it's not even about Meredith anymore. Really. No. Like, you'll get some storylines. Yeah. But if they do end up handing this off to somebody else, Jackson Avery is my pick. Because his stories have been consistently good even though it looks like he's spending a lot more time on station 19 <laughs> nowadays and here's another thing my wife refuses to watch station 19 i finally got her to watch an episode because of the car that went through the bar that the uh and they were all buried inside because there. The, the and you couldn't understand it without watching station 19 well like, you, you probably could have but the doctors from grace Lawn memorial were in the bar when the car <laughs> crashed through it so yeah so we ended up watching it that way um i don't know um about jason i mean uh jackson being i don't know i have to i have to sit and think about it but although the there's not a whole lot of storyline with meredith I think each and every storyline leads to her, though. Yeah. I think that everybody, you know, just how they're all connected, it all leads back to her. Like, she is, you know, as they would say, a god. Like, mm-hmm. in, in this universe, yeah. she that's that's who she is. And it always ha- she, they always have to pay homage to her. And shout out to Ellen Pompeo. For that scene where Richard was getting ready to cut himself, I really felt like what she was saying about, look, I'm not ready to let you go. Right. Because yeah. I hadn't learned everything I needed to learn. And that that scene really hit home for me. Uh, not only 
the importance of her on this show, but in the importance of the Richard Weber character to this show. I mean, all of these doctors, in one way or another, he taught. Oh yeah. So, and that's why it just if if they did kill him, which I'm glad they didn't, but if they did kill him, I would have been okay with it because, I mean, look at what he's what he's done and all of the. The characters kind of flowed through him, but at the same time, it kind of wouldn't be Grey's Anatomy without him, I suppose. <laughs> um, so, due to COVID-19, we've been binging a lot more shows and checking out stuff that was on our back burner. We still need to develop a spreadsheet to get through <laughs> all of the shows. Um, so, I'm just going to give a quick rundown of some of the things we watch, and we'll start with uh, a show that... It's been catching, kind of catching heat lately. Like, I'm seeing a lot more people on social media check it out. And it's Ozark, starring Jason Bateman. Um, story is about a guy who ends up <laughs> a very smart guy, a numbers guy, who ends up working for the uh, Mexican cartel in season three. Of all the seasons, to me, season three is probably the best. Yeah, I agree. Um, because they, they ended up having to do something new. They had to make an ally and antagonist uh, in the character Helen. Um, I won't offer too many spoilers here, but the end of season three, like <laughs> this season had you on the edge of your seat up until the final frame. And the way they resolved the conflict that they had built in the season, I loved it. I just loved the way they wrapped everything up. I highly recommend this show. Jason Bateman, I think he produces... He, of course, stars in, and occasionally he actually directs the uh, episodes. Uh, how did you feel about Ozark? Oh, 10. <laughs> 10 out of 10. I just, I mean, from season one all the way up to now, I have I have not said, uh, uh, this wasn't good. I, I mean, we binge it every yeah. season. There has not been, every season we binge it. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, we go through it in a couple of days. Like yeah, some shows we kind of take our time on, but we go through mm-hmm. that as soon as it drops. We started Ozark this time on Friday and we were done Sunday before noon. And another time we started it, the day it dropped, which was like a Wednesday. And I think we were done by that Saturday or something. And we had to travel in between watching yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, Ozark is one of those top tier uh, shows for me. Of course, we watch Tiger King. Everybody knows about Tiger King. Carol F. and Baskin. Well, Carol fucking Baskin. That sounds much better. Um, but it's it's one of those it's one of those stories you hear about and you watch and you realize nobody could have possibly made that up. Like, it had to happen in real life in order for it to work. Uh, and it's to my understanding Ryan Murphy and uh, Rob Lowe are going to pair together and make it and adapt it for a television series. Simil- and if you don't know who Ryan Murphy is, Nip Tuck, uh, Pose, American Horror Story, and the uh, American Crime Story Screen shows, Queens. which is Versace, uh, The Assassination of Versace, yeah. and um, the O.J. Simpson trial, and also... Like my wife said, Screen Queens. So Ryan, if anybody's gonna he kill out there. It, if anybody's <laughs> gonna kill it, I can't wait to see what he does with that. Uh and they also recently released an eighth episode, which is kind of a where are they now type deal on Netflix. Right. I don't know how much I wanna see it, but apparently a sequel is also in the works that's gonna explore 
the possibility of Carol Baskin actually feeding her husband the tigers. Yeah. I'm not going to get into any she more of it. To justice. Trust me. Go check it out. It's insane. Uh, the Outsider on HBO also really stars Jason yeah. Bateman. And I think Jason Bateman... Um, he directed the or first produced? two episodes. I think he died. He definitely he produced the entire series, but he directed the first two episodes, and it's a based on the Stephen King novel that came out in 2018, and it's basically about these cops who um, who have to investigate the murder of a child, and it gets trippy quick, like very quick, and. It's it's an episode. I mean, not an episode. It's a show that I think from beginning to end was very engaging. Uh, the way they told their story, it was creepy. It wasn't like all about jump scares. It was about setting the tone and the mood for the entire series, and it really works. Uh, then we checked out Molly's Game, mm-hmm. starring uh, Jessica Chastain and Idris Elba. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. And your boy. <laughs> and Michael Sarah. Uh, it is about the poker princess in a controversy I didn't really have a, a whole Long. lot of yeah, a whole lot of uh, information about. But one game, one just everyday game that always comes across great on screen because of the drama involved is poker. Casino Royale has one of the best poker games I've ever seen in any movie. By the way, we gonna, we got to go through the James Bond saga. But okay. best neither here nor there. But what did you think about Bali's game? I thought it was very smart. It was very smart. It was That's very... Um, it's an easy watch. I mean, you yeah. cannot... You can't take your eyes off of it. And I feel like anyone could watch it. Like, as I was watching it, I was texting people like, watch Molly's Game on Netflix. Yeah. You need to watch Molly's Game on Netflix. It's a really good movie, and uh, you, you'll, you'll enjoy it. Yeah. And then uh, I recommended Good Girls before. Uh, good Girls is in its third season. It's continuing on. It's great. Dave, which I mentioned earlier in the podcast, is great for people who just love hip-hop music and good writing and it's just funny it's a very funny show it stars little dicky and he actually wrote it which is what i'm more impressed by the writing on this show is very sharp um that's another fx original and so definitely check out dave outside of that where can they find these shows dave's on hulu Miles game is on netflix the outsider is on hbo uh ozark is also on netflix it's a netflix original uh tiger king is a netflix original also uh, and then I've just been finding, for my geeks out there, i just been finding random anime that I didn't know was on these streaming services. And, like, Yu Yu Hakusho, that's on Hulu. I love that show. Like, that's is probably the best anime of all time in my eyes. But I'm starting to get into My Hero Academia, which I've heard a lot about, but I didn't realize that the show was just sitting on, on uh, Hulu. Then Outlaw Star. You can watch the entirety of Outlaw Star and Gundam Wing, which are our two Nummy favorites from back in the day. That's all on Hulu. So they have a lot of good options. But the one I'm really looking forward to getting into is Ronin Warriors is on Amazon. And that completely blew my mind. So, I mean, I know we're in strange times, but you also got a lot of time 
even if you whether you're working from home or unfortunately are out of work, you do have time to catch up on some stuff and just keep some sense of normalcy, keep some sense of, of feel good going in. Hopefully these recommendations will assist with it. So all right, that's our time. Uh like always. Well first, let me thank my beautiful Huh. Awesome, smart wife for joining me yet again uh, on this episode and just chopping it up and talking about movies. I know it's been a while since you've been on. Last time we talked about us. Uh, and you know what? I think I want to have you on more often. And I may even get my daughter involved on this. Mm. I don't know. We'll see. She be acting shy and stuff sometimes. She be playing. Anyway, you can follow Brittany on Instagram at be the epitome uh, underscore that's b-e-t-h-e-e-p-i-t-o-m-e <laughs> underscore and on facebook at be the epitome uh she gives like hair tips and advice and she posts excellent pictures of hair uh, she's quite the cosmetologist and i have a feeling that she has some big things coming up soon so definitely go and follow and check her out there like always, go and follow, uh, firstly, the Black Excellence and Ignorance page. Yes, Aaron, Leslie, and myself, we still do that show. We actually just dropped an episode revisiting The Dark Knight. We wanted to see if it still held up, if it was still a classic. Go check that out on SoundCloud on the Black Excellence and Ignorance SoundCloud page. Uh, also, check out... Black with No Chaser on Facebook. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram as well. They've been doing uh, these daily podcasts called Black Lunch Break, keeping people entertained during the uh, during our stay-at-home, work-from-home lives. It's been very interesting. They've had some great guests on so far, so check them out. They stream every day, Monday through Friday. I think around like 12 Central or something like that also check out the culture sports you can find us just about everywhere podcasts are available uh, me and tk just break down things in sports and in culture and you'll be surprised that we've been uh able to keep the show going even though there not there isn't a lot of you know sporting events and everything going on so check us out over there uh, check out my resident DJ, of course, DJ Little Walt. You can follow him at DJ Little Walt on Facebook, and you can also find him on SoundCloud. He always has a mix. Matter of fact, you have no excuse not to go through these mixes if you haven't gone through them already. Because if you're working from home, again, you want some sound, or if you just need something to make you feel good, music is great and therapeutic for that. Also, follow on SoundCloud. Maestro of my madness, Dunchy at Dunchy did it on SoundCloud. You know he always has the best beats. Matter of fact, I'm gonna hit him up and get him to send me some new ones. Follow the mothership. Uh, Reality Breach just recently did an episode with Sergio talking about coronavirus, the NFL, as well as like TV shows, and we got a, a very in-depth review of Tiger King on that. Lastly, follow me, of course. The Unapologetic Geek on Facebook, The Unapologetic Experience on Facebook, which is a podcast page as well as a backup page because Facebook decided to hate on me because of a picture 
that Meg Thee Stallion did for Rolling Stone, even though Rolling Stone was able to post it with no problem. And I know what you're thinking. It had to be a copyright issue. Nope, that wasn't what it was. It was the community standards issue, which is bullshit. Look, go follow both of those pages and then follow on Instagram, The Unapologetic EXP. At The Unapologetic EXP on Instagram. Like always, thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with me. We're all going to get through this together. And until next time, I'm Jarius, the Unapologetic Geek, and I am out.